So in recent years, we've started to see a shift from short-term fat loss goals to long-term fat loss goals. People wanted to now keep this off for years and years and years. And it's not that I don't think that people wanted to do this in the past, but I'm believing that most people are seeing this as a possibility. They're seeing a lot of their other friends do it, for example, and they may be just tired of going through these yo-yo cycles of dropping weight, increasing weight. So it's great to see the shift taking place. And recently what I came across was the four habits of successful long-term dieters. And this was a collection of data and I'm going to read the context to you. So the National Weight Control Registry, the NWCR, established in 1994, is the largest prospective investigation of long-term successful weight loss maintenance. The NWCR has tracked over 10,000 individuals who have lost a significant amount of weight and kept it off for over a long period of time. Detailed questionnaires and annual follow-up surveys are used to examine the behavioral and psychological characteristics of weight maintainers, as well as the strategies they use to maintain their weight loss. So this has been ranging from one to 66 years. That's how long they've been tracking these people. So this got me curious and I decided to check out the website. And when looking at it, and I'll actually put the link to that website below, you can see some of their findings and you can see four real highlighted aspects of what these people who have kept off their weight for years and years have in common. So I want to go through this today and give you my thoughts on them as well. So number one on this list was that 78% of these individuals ate breakfast every single day, which I thought was quite interesting, especially considering the trend of intermittent fasting is still very, very prevalent indeed. We have spoken on this podcast before where it might not be so optimal, but at the same time, time-restricted eating can really help when it comes to dieting. It was interesting to see that maybe on a long-term basis, this might not be the case. And I have to say that this has been my experience. I don't think there's been a consistent period in my life where I have not eaten and breakfast to be completely honest. I was trying to apply all of these four things to myself and my personal journey, considering I'm someone who's kept off weight for a very, very long period of time now. And I have to say, I agree to be completely honest. And I'm not saying that if you aren't eating breakfast right now, it's absolutely essential that you consume something in the morning to maintain your weight in the long term. But it might have you thinking like, how much does this intermittent fasting approach work for you? If I'm honest, when I have done intermittent fasting in the past, my preference is to start my eating window early and then finish it early. So I'm not eating like a heavy dinner or a late dinner by any means but if you're keen to keep off your weight long term breakfast could be something to consider and I also think the context is important as well you don't want to just start having Cheerios for breakfast for example you do want to start thinking okay how do I get a solid amount of protein in kind of the well-balanced meal that you would have for your lunch or your dinner anyway those same principles apply at breakfast too number two on this list is that 75% of these individuals weigh themselves at least once per week and I was quite surprised to see maybe the percentage in terms of 75% is a lot of people. That's three out of four people are weighing themselves every single week to ensure that they're staying on track with their health and wellness. And I'd be very curious to see what these other 25% who aren't weighing themselves, how they're getting on as well. And it does make sense. I mean, realistically, you can't deny the numbers that you see on the scale. And this is the thing with body weight gain. A lot of people were like, well, you know, I was like this in my teenage years. I was like this in my early 20s. Then just after my marriage or X, Y, and Z happened, I just piled the weight on. And 10 years later, five years later, I looked at myself and I couldn't believe what I was seeing. But it wasn't like a distinct moment in which they were like, I was just overweight over the course of like a month or overnight. It's never the way. It creeps up over time. You add a pound here, you add a pound there. You maybe add a couple of pounds over Christmas or that holiday that never comes off again. And the reality is, is when you've got that data to say that, okay, Okay, on average, when I'm like lean or I'm holding a good body composition, I'm not my leanest per se. I am, I'm gonna give an arbitrary example, maybe myself here, 
of around 80 kilos. Okay, I know that I'm gonna be relatively lean at 80 kilos. If I start to see that go up like 82, 83, 84, and 85, and my goal is to maintain my weight long-term, I know that I probably need to do something about that. However, if I don't have the scales, then I'm never really gonna know because the weight obviously comes on very slowly and you don't see it accumulate on your physique. You see your body every single day. You might start to see some shifts, but then you might go through some challenging times where your attention needs to be other places. And you're like, the last thing I wanna be focusing on is dieting and stuff like that right now. So you ignore it for a little while, you focus on the things in your life, and all of a sudden that keeps accumulating and keeps accumulating. Whereas if you have that scale weight on a once a week basis, it's going to give you a reading that says, you're not the same weight that you were, not in those terms exactly, but if you're seeing 81, like I said, 85 on the scales, then you have to recognize that that isn't just saying it for a reason, especially if it's happening on a long-term basis. And when it comes to myself, I would say it's something I've done for a very, very long period of time. However, since I started traveling in summer of 2020, I've not weighed myself for a consistent period for the last two or three years. So I would fit in the category of people who don't weigh themselves on a frequent basis. However, I think that I've got the tools and the skills that I need to maintain my weight long-term, and I'm kind of doing it based on intuition and also the way that I look in the mirror. However, if you don't have a decade of experience or so behind, you, then you might want to consider using the scales a little longer than just your fat loss phase and maybe well into the long term. Number three on this list is that 62% of these individuals watch less than 10 hours of TV per week. And this one, again, it's pretty logical. If you're not watching TV, if you're not spending your time in front of the TV doing relatively nothing, then you've got a lot more time to do other things. You have a lot more time to be physically active. You have the opportunity to get your training in. You don't stay up so late at night, so you get good quality sleep, and you also have time to do the things on your to-do list, so you actually have the time to feel like you get a break from everything. A lot of the time, people watch TV as their let off, their time to decompress, which I think is absolutely fine, but I don't think any more than 10 hours is really needed to be completely honest, especially if you've got a lot of things on your agenda. I'm always very keen when a lot of people tell me they don't have time per se, for them to look into what they're actually doing with that time. How much time are they spending watching TV? Maybe cell phones is going to be another one that comes into the research soon enough. It's like X amount of these people have X amount of screen time per week. But it's really important that if you are wanting to lose weight initially and also on keep it off on a long-term basis, you continue to make time for your training. You continue to make time to be active. If that means just going out and moving around, even if that means getting to sleep on time, that's a huge, huge one. And an interesting thing I heard a little while ago, I don't know if this was true, if it was just on a meme or something, it said that Netflix's biggest competitor is sleep. And that's pretty alarming to hear, but it's the reality, right? So if you are staying up later and later each week, we know that most people who don't have good quality sleep or sleep a small amount of time are gonna be more prone to being overweight, to have cravings, to have less of a sensitivity towards their hunger signals, and gonna have a troubling time with keeping weight off or losing weight in the first place. This is another really big indicator to something that really will help when it comes to your long-term dieting pursuits. And the final one on this list was that 90% of these individuals exercised at least one hour per day. And I think this one's a fairly obvious one. However, I think the real thing to note here is a lot of people think, okay, hour of exercise a day. If we're including walking here, that's pretty doable for most of us, right? Let's say that we train three to four hours per week, that's already three to four hours completed. And then we do like a 20 minute walk every single day, or even a little bit more, just to or from work or to or from the coffee shop. And then we go for a long Sunday afternoon walk. That's pretty reasonable for most of us. But how about on a long-term basis? How about when you're done with your fat loss goals, you're getting into the cold, dark and rainy winter. That's where you might think, well, maybe it is going to be less than seven hours. Maybe I'm just only completing my training sessions, but I'm not really 
moving that much outside of that. And I think the most important thing to know here is that they continue to do these seven hours beyond their fat loss phase on a long-term basis. It's very easy to say I can commit to seven, 10, 15, 20 hours when I'm in a dieting phase. However, what about that long-term step? What about for the next three, five, 10 years? If you can't commit to those seven hours or so on a long-term basis, then that might be part of the reason why you're struggling to keep off your weight in the long-term. So I think although these are pretty obvious when I say them out loud, it comes with a lot of caveats that actually may help you if you're struggling to keep your weight off on a long-term basis. And I summarize this as they fuel their bodies, they have a form of accountability, which I think is really important, they preserve the quality of their sleep and they have spare time to exercise and of course they are physically active and I think if you can fuel your body if you can have a form of accountability if you can keep your sleep quality in a great place and exercise on a consistent basis then I think realistically you have a very very good chance of maintaining your results in the long term so that's the big takeaway from today and another two things that they mentioned on this survey as well which I found interesting is that 94% increase their physical activity with the most frequent form of activity being walking and some people think ah I need to go to the gym, I need to train, I need to do X, Y, and Z. But in reality, most of us, as long as we're blessed enough to be able to, can walk, right? I think that's the lowest barrier to entry. So if you're watching this video or listening to the podcast today and you're thinking, I don't know where to start the exercise, just start by moving your legs and getting out for a gentle walk. It'll make all the difference. And the final one was that 45% of registered participants lost weight on their own and the other 55% lost weight with the help of some type of program. And that just goes to show that realistically, having some support on this journey is valuable. One in two people decided to do that and they were successful as a byproduct of doing it. So the stats don't lie, right? Realistically, I feel that if you can maintain those four things, add a little bit of accountability, don't underestimate the power of walking, you can maintain your weight loss efforts and your results will stop on a long-term basis. So I hope that helped team. Have an amazing week ahead. Take care and I'll speak to you all very, very soon. And that was the Simply Fit Podcast. I hope you gained a huge amount of value from today's episode. I feel inspired to improve your health and well-being. Be sure to search for Simply Fit in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. And go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, if you like the episode, please don't forget to give it a five-star rating. I'd love to hear your feedback or any questions you have. So reach out to me on social media. You'll find me on Facebook and Instagram at Elliot Hassoun. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to talking with you all on the next one.